Well, as most of you know by now, uh, Bellevue and Baseline churches are working together to begin a third worship service, and um, that service is going to be of a more modern modern, uh, music style and format and to reach the generations that are missing from our churches today. And over the last few weeks, we've been uh, getting your input on the viability of using video teachings in that service as a way to communicate the good news to them. And again, I want to state that we're not changing this worship service to a weekly video, but we're setting apart four weeks to try to determine if this is an effective way uh, to use video teaching uh, in that service. So uh, today's message is going to be a little bit different from the messages that we've heard over the last couple of weeks. The last two messages, the whole uh, message was in video format for 30 minutes. Uh, Today, we're going to have like a short 10-minute video story, and then uh, I'll provide part of the sermon that will go with that. And um, one of the keys to connecting to any generation is to connect the gospel message, the good news about Jesus Christ, to current happenings in the world around them. And it's the responsibility of the pastor and of the church to kind of connect the dots between what's going on in the world and the good news of Jesus. And that's one of the, will be one of the primary goals of this new service. And what I have in mind for the rest of the service then today is that this service from here on will look very much like that new service with the use of video for the message and some video in the music during communion. And Abby's going to help out uh, with that as well. So let's get started with kind of connecting the dots here. I'm wondering how many of you have taken the ice bucket challenge? Uh, one, all right. I didn't see that video, Shannon, but uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn did? Okay. Well, it's kind of gone viral on Facebook and Twitter and Vine and YouTube and all the social media things in the last month, and the basic gist of The ice bucket challenge is I dump a bucket of ice water over my head, and then I get to challenge one or more other people to do the same. And if you accept the challenge, you have uh, have 24 hours to either accept the challenge or to uh, send a $100 donation to ALS. Um, And if you accept the challenge, then you dump a bucket of ice water over your head, and you only have to send $10 to ALS. And uh, it all started July 15 with a golfer named Chris Kennedy, and he posted a video of himself uh, online dumping water over his head. I kind of got cut off somehow, but anyway. Yeah, all right. And at that time, the ice bucket challenge wasn't actually associated with ALS. You were to dump a bucket of ice water over your head and then you named the charity that you wanted your donation to go to. Well, it happened that he named a a good friend, Peter, and I can't say his last name, Fraster, or something like that, who's a college basketball player that was suffering with ALS. And that young man took the ice bucket challenge and challenged some more folks, and it just kind of went viral from there, and ALS got connected with the charity or the cause that was at the center of that challenge. And within days, this idea went viral online, and people 
from all walks of life were being challenged, accepting the challenge, and posting videos and pictures of themselves dumping water over their heads alone in groups, and as you can see in some pretty creative other ways. Um, that guy's didn't work out as well as he had hoped. Even Kermit got in on the, the action. And that's one of the great things about this challenge is that it has the ingredients to appeal to just about everybody, regardless of your age or gender or economic or social status. If you do a quick search on the Internet, you'll find thousands of pictures and videos like these of all kinds of people, from children. I saw Gavin on there taking the ice bucket challenge to... CEOs of influential big businesses dumping ice water on their heads. You'll even find President Bush getting doused. $109 million have been donated to ALS between July 29th and September 5th. Uh, last year, in that same period of time, it was about $2.5 billion. So this has just kind of taken off. But when, when you think about this challenge and the amazing response that it's gotten from a spiritual perspective, it's not really that surprising that the challenge has gone viral because at the heart of this challenge, it touches on three deep needs that God has built into all of us. And I want to talk about those uh, for just a minute. The first is this. It meets the need to be creative. Uh, if you look at Genesis one twenty-seven. So as God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And the truth about it, you is that you are creative because God is created, and you're created in God's image. He created everything that exists, and you are made in his image. You are wired to enjoy life, to use your experiences, your skills, your abilities in creative ways, and to not just use them in creative ways, but to use them for the good of others. And as you look at the video clip that we saw earlier and other clips that you will find online, one of the elements that keeps coming through is this desire to do it creatively, you know, not to just dump a bucket of water over your own head, but to find a way to be creative in doing it. Uh, we're going to watch just a minute clip of Bill Gates uh, as his creativity comes through in his challenge. Got this design. Great. I'm here to join the people bringing attention to Lou Gehrig's disease by taking the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I'm going to challenge three more people, Elon Musk, Ryan Seacrest, and Chris Anderson of TED, consider yourself challenged. You have 24 hours. Good luck. I have a feeling he gave a lot more than $100 too, but 
The Ice Bucket Challenge gives people a chance to be creative while they do good. And that's the second need that this uh, challenge brings to us, that God has built into us. It gives every person that takes a part of it an opportunity to be to show compassion and to care for others. We're, we're created to love and care for one another. And the book that I mentioned last week talks about the desire for young people today to be a part of a cause that's bigger than themselves. And I think that's true of everybody, don't you? That we want to um, be a part of making a difference in the world. And, and while that's true of young people, I think that there are so many young people that aren't connected to a church and they don't have a way, you know, like the free store and other things that, that we do within the church to make a difference around the world. And so this gives them a chance to get involved in a cause that they can invest themselves in where something that they do can help someone that they wouldn't otherwise know how to help. And it doesn't take much of a challenge for them to, to get involved, but that's the third ingredient that's so inviting about this movement. The third deep need that this challenge meets is the need to overcome the challenges that come our way. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO of Microsoft or Apple or Facebook or an NFL football player or a senator or a grandmother or a, a redneck from Kentucky or a frog. There is a need in us to meet the challenges that we're faced with. And, you know, ALS is a huge challenge for those struggling with the disease. And when, when you accept that challenge, you're basically saying that uh, I'm stepping up and to this small challenge to stand with those who are facing life's biggest challenge. And the Ice Bucket Challenge has raised awareness of the disease that has no cure. And if a cure comes out of this, this would be wonderful. But the cure, uh, but a cure for death is even better. And that's the good news that we have to share in the midst of this online uh, ongoing story that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world that he's there for people who suffer with ALS and he's there for every one of us facing some kind of a challenge this morning. Because life is full of challenges, isn't it? And we all have worries and concerns about the future, whether it's concerns for ourselves or our children's future or someone else that we care deeply about. And right now we're going to watch a video by the former pastor of one of the largest churches in Grand Rapids, who has ALS. He was diagnosed with ALS about um, uh, 13 years ago. At that time, he was told he had two to five years to live. And over the last several years, he's been working with a production studio um, to make a set of videos that help people to understand that God is with them and that he'll provide for them in the midst of life's challenges. So let's watch uh, his story, Consider the Birds. Did you help me? My obsession with ALS was what if I can't use my hands or my legs? What if I'm in a wheelchair, have a feeding tube? can't talk and I was really struggling 
with the future of my disease. When I would be thinking about the future, about my kids, my grandkids, my wife, my job, all of which would be taken away, I would sink in the darkness. When I can't button my shirts or even do up the Velcro, it's a reminder that I'm on the downward spiral. I was reading in Hebrews and I thought, this is me. I'm afraid of tomorrow. So I wrote out the card, decided when I was discouraged, I take a five minute time out and go over the verse again and again and again. It helps me not worry about tomorrow and it brings me into the present moment. I was at Walmart with Lorna and Daniel and he got the phone call that he was going to war and I thought, wow. Enough is enough, God. We got in and drove an hour and a half, which was the longest drive I've ever taken. I kept looking in the mirror and I think he was trying to be brave. When you go off the war, you may not come home alive. Yet we hugged him. And we walked I was worried 
he's going off for six months. Will I be able to walk when he comes back? Will I be able to hug him? When you're living in fear, every issue is overwhelming and discouraging. When Daniel went off to war, we quit watching the news. I didn't want to know what was going on. Early on in my journey with ALS, I created the note card. And when he went off the war, I didn't know what to give him. So I ended up giving him the first card that I had ever written out myself. I would say, that Lorna and I had to let go of Daniel. And every time he got in a convoy, he had to let go of his future. I had to keep giving him to God and giving my future to God as well. God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. It was actually several years after he got back that I finally asked him, what did you do with the car? And he said every time he got in the truck for a convoy, he would place it on the windshield. And one night, the front truck got blown up by an IED, and they medvaced one of Daniel's friends to the hospital, and Daniel ended up giving him the car. And every time that kid got in the truck, he put it on the windshield. It was overwhelming to welcome him home. And it was unbelievable. No words to describe the first time. I think early on in my life, I thought I was in control. And ALS taught me I'm not in control. And the truth is, you don't control squat.
giving Daniel to God and giving my disease to God is something I had to do every day and many times a day. It's not something you do and get on with your life. I was reminded of Jesus' teaching, who says, don't worry about tomorrow. And he says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store in barns, yet your Father takes care of them. When you're worried about the future, it's hard to find God. When you're living in the moment, He's right there with you. God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And I wonder if there's anyone here worried about the future this morning. None of us knows what the future holds, do we? Uh, but the good news is for you and for me that Jesus holds the future, and we know the one who holds the future. And maybe as uh, Ed was speaking about the, the future and his fears about it, some situation in your life came to mind, something that you're anxious about or uncertain about the outcome of. Before we move to the communion service, I want to just lift up three truths that we can hold on to in the days ahead. And the first is that because of Jesus, we have hope. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we don't have to sink into darkness when life is hard. We can go to him, we can put our trust in him to work everything together for good, and even if we don't see it in this life, we know that we have eternal life with him. The second piece of good news is that we have a present source of strength. You know, the bucket challenge is just a little water and ice on our head, and most of us are up for that challenge, but sometimes life, um, the trials that we face are much more devastating and challenging than that. Some of you have physical conditions that you've been diagnosed with something and you're uncertain about your future or what the future holds. Others of you uh, have kids, and uh, when you listen to the way that they talk about themselves, uh, you just it breaks your heart. You wish that they could see themselves as God sees them and as you see, see them, but their self-esteem is at rock bottom because of something that somebody said or something that somebody has done or the way that they've been treated. And you're worried about how that picture of themselves will affect them in the future and what it might cause them to do down the road. Others of you might have financial situations that, that seem overwhelming, and, and you're not sure how God's going to work that out. Maybe the challenge for you is a relationship or a marriage, and you're not sure about the future or what that's going to look like. Whatever it is, God has promised that he will give you the strength for each day. Psalm 46 one says, God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. He's a present help 
He's a source of strength to meet every challenge that comes into your life. So train yourself to go to him daily. Give, give it to him. Let him carry it. It's never too late to turn to him, and he'll see you through. And then the third uh, is that we have the promise that Jesus will always be with you. And um, did everybody get one of these little cards when you came in today? It might be blue, it might be yellow, pink, green. Does everybody got a card? On the top of your message notes uh, in your bulletin is that scripture that he read. And I would encourage you to take a few minutes right now uh, during communion or at some point in the rest of the service to write that verse down on the card that you've been given. I guess there are different colors on both sides. but um, And then use that to remind yourself um, that God is with you, that you don't have to be afraid of the future. Uh, here's the scripture. I'm going to, of course, it's already up on the screen. Let's read this together. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. I just encourage you to write that scripture down and put it on your fridge, put it on the mirror in the bathroom, carry it in your pocket, whatever you need to do. And this this week, if you find yourself worrying about the future or concerned about something, just take that five-minute break and uh, time out and read that scripture. And, you, you know, it's, it's great to memorize scripture. I always encourage you to do that. But sometimes to just have it there in front of you, to look at it, to study it, to think about these are God's words for me today. I think it's very helpful. And And, you know, some of you are saying, well, my life is just smooth sailing right now. I don't need to write that scripture down. Uh, We all know somebody who's going through some kind of a trial right now. And and why not write that scripture down and take that to them, give it to them, and and tell them why you're giving it to them, share it with them. And it might be the thing that God uses to encourage them right now at a point where they're ready to give up. I loved what Pastor Dobson said there at the very end. He said, when you're worried about the future, it's hard to find God. When you're living in the moment, he's right there with you. And Jesus has promised to be with us through it all in the ups and downs of life. And the communion table is our reminder that Jesus loves us, that he'll never leave us. He gave his life for us. He's present right here, right now, in this room with us this morning. And if we'll just keep our eyes on him... He'll see us through it all. It'll be well with your soul. Let's pray. Help us to believe, God, even when we can't see or understand, that through it all, if we'll keep our eyes on you and trust you, you'll be there, that you'll calm the storms in our life with just a word. We thank you for this meal and the reminder that it is of your presence And so we can say with confidence, Lord, the Lord is my helper. I am not afraid. Amen. The altar is always open uh, if you want to stop there when you come forward for communion.
the offering will be received as you come. There's some plates up here in the front pew that you can put that in. And communion in the United Methodist Church is an open table. That means that all those who seek to turn from sin and to live in peace with one another are welcome to come. This morning we're taking communion by intention, which... Uh, means that I will be breaking the bread and when you come forward just break off a piece of it and dip it in the juice and give thanks and partake of that bread. God has given us his son and his story has become a part of our story and of our lives and this is that story. On the night when Jesus gave himself up for us, he sat at table with his friends. During the meal, he broke the bread, he gave thanks for it, and he said to his disciples, this is my body given for you. After the meal, um, he took the cup, he gave thanks, He gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my blood shed for you and for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you share this meal together, do it in remembrance of me. Friends, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ given for you. Would you pray with me? precious God, we thank you that we have hope in the midst of all the trials and through it all, you're with us. You never leave us, you never forsake us and we ask that right now you'll pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we can be the body of Christ to the world that they'll know about your love that they'll know that there's hope God, we praise your name. We offer ourselves as living bread to a world that needs your love and your compassion. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We have Karen and Bill serve on one side here and over there. If you'll just come up the outside aisles and receive the elements, you can stop here if you like uh, and then go and be seated. The table is ready.
as well.